Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. We had an excellent, huge day of fights yesterday. Actually, one of the biggest days of fighting, I think, outside of the UFC. The UFC's card was a little bit uh, meh today, but two big bangers at one. I had a chance to see Islam Makachev at the Fighter Hotel and Rotang at the Fighter Hotel, and uh, a lot of great, great fights. Uh, Usman Nurmagomedov and Bellator ends up winning the title there. He beats Patriki over in Bellator. And then we had the two uh, one events, one on Amazon Prime. Four, where Christian Lee fought uh, Abasov and is probably my new favorite fighter. I mean, Christian Lee is just a Terminator, man. I, oh, he's brilliant. I, I, I saw one of his first ever fights as well when he was a skinny little kid. And then when he was doing like... He used to fight at featherweight. This was at middleweight for the UFC, by the UFC. This is 185 yeah. pounds. Yep. You could see, like, he, he was carrying some body fat on him, right? Because he probably not, not just as much as his opponent way. who just didn't bother making weight. But. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much more to talk about. Rotang was on the card. Uh, man, more Cosmo Alexandre got a nasty upward elbow knockout and retired. Aoki lost to uh, Islam's boy. Um, uh, now so, some of these names yeah. are going to be a problem. I was just we apologize to... now. Yeah. Can you pull up his name? The Nurmagomedov team guy. Is it Saeed? Uh, let's see if I can find it here. I had it locked and loaded, and I still couldn't. I still couldn't do it. Um, is Gokmayev? Yes, Saeed is Gokmayev, who looks like an absolute beast. Destroyed Shinya Aoki just like he said he would. Uh, Islam was there. The whole crew was there. Um, Keep, uh, Roman Criclio looked amazing. He got a win in the rubber match against Iraj Aziz Poor, who's probably the most smiling Iranian I've ever seen in my entire life. Roman Criclio is one of the top pound-for-pound kickboxers in the world. Make no mistake. He looked absolutely amazing. The main event, Pet Tatong, he managed to come back. He's like 38 years old or something like that against Hiroki Akamoto, who's another top, top, top-tier kickboxer. He was the current champion. And Petanong looked like he was about 24 years old in there. He looked amazing. He had one of the best open stance attacks I've seen ever in Muay Thai. He was in the open stance. He kept throwing that rear knee from the southpaw stance. He threw it to the head. He threw it to the body. The kick, the cross was all there. Akamoto's ribs just looked like a looked like a saw movie or something, man. By the end of that fight, his whole side was purple. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the, the one on Amazon Prime 4 first, the Christian Lee card. We'll, we'll start with that. I spent about six hours watching fights yesterday. I mean, from the minute that I woke up until the evening, and then I woke up first thing this morning and started watching the UFC. So my brain is a little fried, but we're going to run through this card. And let's start with the main event with who's maybe my new favorite fighter. I mean, Christian Lee is just a dog. He gets I, hurt in fights and just terminators his way back. It's like he's got a little bit of like Glover Teixeira in him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets dropped bit. or whatever in firefights, and he's also capable of dropping people. But it's like as soon as you hurt him, he just like finds that extra gear, gets the, the Glover health bar, and comes <laughs> back and starts attacking again. I mean, that first round, you could have stopped that fight. He, he was as close to being out on your feet as you can be without actually going out, I'd say. Herb Dean, kudos to him for letting the fight go on because I think a lot of people would have stopped that fight. But I watched it back in slow-mo. That, just that part of the fight in the first round. Uh, one have put it up on uh, Instagram or YouTube if people want to watch it in slow motion. And Abasov punches himself out in that sequence because he hits him with the hard shots, but then every shot's got less power behind it. 
every shot's got less accuracy behind it and he gasses himself and that's what allows Lee to survive. That Yeah, he's still hitting him, but like say the first punch he hits him with is at 100% power, the next one's 90%, the next one's 80% and it just keeps dropping down with each punch if you watch it in slow-mo and the accuracy goes out the window with that. Yeah, and then by the end of that flurry, he ends up on top of him and you can tell he's just so tired. Soon, soon as... um. Christian survived the round and it got to the end. I knew he'd win the fight because you could see Abasov had punched himself out. Like he was, I mean, was it was it even in the first round before that happened? He was hands down, sucking in the air. Well, they both for the first round were just coming out like demons. Both of them were looking to finish the fight in the first round. Yeah. That's why I think, yeah, and then Abasov basically punched himself out, caving in Christian's head with his punches. And then he got on top of them, and like it's only four minutes into the fight, and they're both just like, oh, <laughs> like, man, that was a war. That it's, was a war. It's a brilliant fight. And brilliant. Christian Lee's cardio, once again, just his cardio, his chin, and oh. his just... He, he is called the warrior for a reason as well. His heart. Yeah. Like, th- that's the one thing that you can't fake. Like, that's the one thing you can't build up yourself, per se. It's not like your cardio that you can put the laps in. You've either got his heart or you don't. Yeah, with, with Christian Lee, you're not going to beat him. You're not going to finish him, I should say, unless you put him out. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He's not going to quit. He's not going to stop moving. You're going to have to have him fully locked up in a submission. You're going to have to put him to sleep. Or you're gonna have, you know what I mean? You're going to have to put him out on the feet. Like he's actually got to go out. Because if that guy can still move, he's still fighting. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's the all-time wins leader in one. He's the all-time finish, finisher in one. Champ, champ. Champ, champ. He's fought in three weight classes. He's fought for three different titles. I believe he fought, when he fought Martin Nguyen, I believe he, the first time was for the featherweight title. That might have been before they started switching the weight classes. Yeah. So, you know, at that point he was like 18 or 19 or whatever, right? And he still gave Martin Nguyen a hell of a fight. Um, so, all-time wins leader, all-time finishes. He's fought for titles in three weight classes going from 145 pounds to 185 pounds. Which is just crazy. He's just crazy to watch. I mean, he's so... All of his fights are just hell on wheels. They're all just fucking chaos. And he's just... What an incredible champion. You know, it, it just does beg the question. For, and also, to Cameron Abasov, amazing fight. Yeah. I mean, he made Christian earn every bit of that. You can see by the end, Christian was so tired, he couldn't even hold the belts anymore. Yeah, but that's because those belts are ridiculously big and like solid gold or something. Yeah, they're huge. I think Can they said they're 25 off, pounds. Yeah. I think it says 50 pounds. <laughs> and he's literally so exhausted that in the post-fight interview, he can barely talk. And he's holding these belts and he's just too tired to hold on to it. So that goes to show you, I mean, he spent everything on, on that fight, right? And uh, Abasov also looked great. I mean, he, he was landing plenty of shots throughout the fight, throughout every round until he was totally gassed. Christian was doing some nice body work to him there too at the in the uh, round, the, the takedowns. Was it the third as well? He was just chewing his leg up with kicks. Yeah, and he just once he saw him like wobbling, he was just like whack, whack, <laughs> whack, whack. just like four times in a row, kicking that leg. I bet you that shit hurts today. His leg, I bet you, uh, was hurting today. Nice big purple leg. Oh yeah, for sure. But Abasov looked because Ab- Abasov missed weight or missed hydration. I don't know if he missed weight or hydration, but let me tell you, there were a lot of people who missed weight or hydration. One is having a – this is a problem that I think pretty much anybody could have predicted. Anytime you have a game-changing rule, like making people hydrate and everybody's got to figure out how to cut weight differently, there's going to be some growing pains, 
right? Yeah. So whenever you institute something like this, for sure for the first year or two, it's going to be a little nutty. Having said that, some of this stuff is weird. So Abislav, I think, can get a little bit of a break because he just fought Rainier de Ritter at light heavyweight, right? So he just went up a weight class and was coming down and coming back to his normal weight class for this fight with Christian Lee. So he, he was up and down between weight classes or whatever. I don't know if he missed weight or, or he missed hydration. I know Haggerty missed weight or made weight but missed hydration. Yeah. I think there were about six or seven people on the card that I heard that either missed weight or hydration. Abbasov must have missed weight, though, because he was stripped before of the title before the fight started or he couldn't win the title before yeah. the fight started. And, like, fair play for Christian for still going for it because Abbasov was looked a, a weight class bigger than him in the fight, I thought. And Christian looked big, but Abbasov looked bigger. Well, yeah, I mean, Abbasov is definitely bigger anyway. And then plus he missed weight and yep. Christian's coming up from a lower weight class. And that lower weight class happens to have the largest amount of weight disparity between any two weight classes in MMA, 170 to 185. That's 15 pounds. All the other weight classes are like 10 pounds each, right? So that, that has the largest amount of weight, which is why it's really hard for people to be welterweight and middleweight champion. I mean, because that's a big ass. If you got think of people cutting down to 185, and then you think Christian Lee coming up from 170. You know, Christian walking around probably weighs, cuts to 170, but I don't think he's even a huge 170. I think in the, if he went to the UFC, I think he'd be a lightweight. Yeah. Maybe a welterweight, but one of those two. So Abasov walking around, if he's cutting down to 185, is probably like 205, 210 walking around weight. Christian Lee is probably 180, 185 walking around. So you're dealing with a 20 to 30 pound weight difference, probably. Yeah. Which showed, which is why Christian got hit with that middleweight power for the first time, right? So I say welterweight, everybody, but just in case you don't know, the welterweight title in one is 185 pounds. It's the middleweight division in the UFC. So, yeah, I mean, he missed weight. Christian, I don't know if he should make this division his home. I mean, these are some big boys. He, he definitely doesn't have a frame like these, what would be middleweights in the UFC are going to have. But it shows you he's fucking tough enough and good enough. His wrestling, he takes down everybody. Yeah, he was getting that body lock. Yeah. And just... That body it, lock outside what, yeah. reap. Save, that's what saved him in the first one. He managed to grab... Yeah, he grabbed hold of the body lock in the first. Yeah. And took him down. Clinched him up. Yeah. And then uh, Abasov ended up on top in that round too. Abasov's, I mean, not a slouch in wrestling either. So the fact that Christian Lee's capable of taking down middleweights lets you know what he can do to some of these guys that... You know, it uh, lightweight. I'll say lightweight just because it's more common. But, um, yeah, so uh, here's the question. What do you do with Christian Lee? Does he just keep defending the one titles for forever? Does he want to go to the UFC? Is he just going to – is he content at one? I mean, one's paying him well, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. He's, he's the poster boy. They don't want to lose him. That's for damn sure. Yeah, he's the poster boy. He'll be being paid. He can be a two-division champ there. Like, But do you think he's willing to do his whole career at one without ever trying the UFC? He seems competitive enough that he probably want he probably wants to know if he's yeah he, he does the number one in the world he wants to see if, like you know see where he's actually at and what his skills are but there's all these I mean it would be him fighting Islam probably right I mean that would be yeah, where right. he would fight in the UFC most certainly yeah because I think he would go to 155 in the UFC but there's there's rumors that Bellator and one might be looking at doing a little doing collab a, doing a little collab so then who would he get in Bellator well, I guess he would get Usman Nurmagomedov now, which yeah, would be crazy because he just Islam, beat Patricky. Islam, same fighting style. We'll know what's up. Well, Christian Lee also has to worry about uh, Sagid uh, uh, 
Oh, God damn it, the name again. Can you go down to it one more time so I can see it? No, it's on a different page. Just oh, guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I cannot remember it. Sagid. Ah, oh, I got to get this. Anyway, because he's Islam's boy, right? Islam was there cornering him. And uh, so he's the number one contender now, I think, in that division, which Christian is also the current champion in. So that fight, that fight could be a problem for Christian Lee. I mean, I know he takes everybody down, but these team could be people are built fucking different. I mean, he ran through Aoki, just ran through him, hammered through him, dropped him on the feet. Um, but so that is a that that is a more interesting fight than anything I think Christian will have at uh, the welterweight division right now, because he just beat Abasov. I guess you could have him fight um, Sebastian. I don't know, but that. That Sagid fight, that's the one. Yeah. That's the fight to make now. If Christian wins that Christian fight. Christian Lee versus Team Khabib. If Christian Lee wins that fight, imagine, let your mind run wild for a second of the fights that could potentially set up. Well, Christian, he, okay, so here's a thought experiment. Christian Lee fights Sagid. Yep. Beats him. Yep. One and Bellator collab. He has a fight against uh, Usman Nurmagomedov. Beats, beats him. him. Guy's got to fight Islam next. Christian Lee's got to go fight Islam next. The trio. If yeah. he could beat those three. <laughs> so, Christian, no pressure. We just need you to beat the three best fighters in the world who are more or less undefeatable. They are all literally undefeated except for Islam's one fight in the UFC. Yep. The, t- the three Team Khabib guys at the top right now, the combined record of them is like 80 and 1 or some shit. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's right. crazy how good those guys are. Now, we, now we're drifting off into fantasy land, though. Hear me out. They don't fight Bellator rules. They don't fight UFC rules. They fight one rules Ooh. that Christian's used to. Knees on a grounded opponent. Ooh. Makes it spicy. Yeah, but could you imagine Islam if he could knee you when he has you in a front headlock or something like that? He's such a dominant wrestler. Man, if he could knee you to the head, boy, that would open up so Like, that fits their game so well. Of course, Christian's used to these rule sets. Yeah. So to your point, yeah, that would be way more interesting. Whatever, if they fight at all, they should definitely use one rules. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Make, give him some chance. It's kind of lame watching the UFC now just because I've been so, like, balls deep in one lately since I started working for it. I mean, I've always been balls deep in one. But I'm just, like, well, way more aware of the rules and the sort of how the meta is different between the two. It makes you notice that knees to the head are a game changer and UFC really should put them in because yeah. it makes the fights more exciting. And nobody's gotten, like, killed from them in one. One's on how many shows now where you can knee the head of a grounded opponent? I've never seen, like... A knockout that was particularly worse than any other kind of knockout. The Demetrius Johnson one springs to mind, but even that, he, he recovered from it and he went on to beat the guy. So, but I mean, if you can put somebody in a Muay Thai plum, right, and you can fucking pull their face into your knee, if you can do a flying double knee when some when there's space between you, like the fact that how is it more dangerous to knee somebody when they're close enough to you that you can put your chest on their back? Right, like a front headlock or something. I'm yeah. sprawled on top of you. I can knee you from there. The amount of distance generated from, or the amount of power generated from that short distance is significantly less than the legal knees that I can throw against you on the feet. Yeah. If I fucking launch myself feet. from a squat and do a double flying knee to your head, there's so much more power I can generate off that than anything that I can do on the ground. Yeah. The math- They're definitely game changers. Think, think, but- think Masvidal, Askren. There's way more power in that. That's than totally illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? These are just problem is, is that the UFC is is uh, in the American Athletic Commission system, and you're never. It's so hard to change any rule. Yeah. Any rule. It has to get picked up by all the other athletic commissions. You know, usually Nevada, most of the 
commission's copy Nevada, but not all of them. And it's just a, it's just a clusterfuck that probably will never change the amount of bureaucracy that you have to go through to get it. So I'm glad one has it the way that it does. All right, let's go, let's go down this card. Road Tang just sort of uh, big brother, Joseph Lassiri in the, the co-main event. I mean, I think we mentioned it on the podcast. We didn't really see a way Lassiri could win. No. And uh, Road Tang, ever the showman though, he but, was flexing on him and, you know, but just did not respect Lassiri's power at all. So I made you look before the podcast. So this has had what, 50, 50 professional kickboxing fights? Yeah. And Rotang threw two kicks to inside calf or, uh, yeah, inside calf kicks right at the start of the fight. Then you could see Lucia was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, this is power and kicks I've never felt before. And he's had 50 professional fights. Yeah. I mean, Rotang just doesn't give a fuck. No. He, he does not give a fuck. He marches you down. No, he doesn't respect anybody. He doesn't respect anybody's power. No. Like every single person he's fought in one has been the exact same. He marches through them. They're trying to stick and move. He puts so much pressure on them. He's in their face constantly. They can't do shit. They can land stuff. Haggerty head kicked him. Rotang ate it like a sandwich. He didn't give a shit with a fucking Jonathan Haggerty head kick. One of the most powerful kickers in the game. Shrugged it off. Yeah. I yep. think Lasiri may have even touched him with a head kick. And yeah. just Rotang doesn't give a shit. Lasiri was able to pepper him a little bit. I think he had some success, like in the third. I think it was the third round or something like that. Um, able to snipe him a little bit with some jabs and some crosses, but Rotang just didn't give a shit. Picked him to pieces. Was it the second or the third? He caught him with a brutal elbow. Yeah, like, bust him open. And he caught him with some in. nasty liver shot. One liver shot. He almost drops everybody with a liver shot. His hook to the body is just nasty. Then he drops him in the fifth at the end of the round just to kind of seal it. Um, basically, we just. Goading Haggerty, trying to get him to trade with him a little bit, but or, or with Lasiri, trying to get him to trade. Lasiri didn't want none of that shit. No. He was not willing to just stand and bang with Rotang, which, you know, I don't blame him. But also, we all low key just wanted it to happen. We were like, "Come on, dude, just there's like a minute left. Just fucking yeah, just plant on. your feet and go Sw- a little swing bit." Swing with him, you might get lucky. But he values his consciousness, so yes. he chose not to do that. Which uh, you can't fault him, man, because he's. It's unlikely he would beat Rotang in that kind of fight anyway. Uh, so to go in there is just something not worth doing to him. But with Rotang, I mean, you know, he's he's kind of the superstar at one right now. He's yeah. the first real tie that's transcended since Boakow, I think. He's translated into the main culture like Boakow did, like when he was the K1 Max champion. And like Sanchai did, started to toward the end of his career. And when he started fighting more in like his 40s. He, he sort of permeated the pop culture a little bit. And it's starting to happen with Rotang, who's really young still. He's in his prime. He's 24. Yeah. He's really fun, really interesting to watch, and just a fucking juggernaut, man. You just hope he, like, he pays enough that he sticks with the kickboxing and doesn't try MMA. Because I just want to yeah. see him kickbox. I don't want to see him get wrestle-fucked. I mean, apparently he wants to switch. But, but, yeah, at a certain point, you may be sacrificing your cash cow to a – different discipline that he's not going to have the same amount of success in. Do you want Rotang the destroyer wrecking people with Muay Thai? Or do you want to see Rotang that ends up getting like taken down by a blue belt and choked or something? Yeah. You know, or a purple belt. Some guy who can wrestle a little bit more. Keep, keep him at kickboxing. Keep building him up. Just let him fight whoever he wants. And, oh, he's amazing. He's- but if you're going to have him do MMA, make it a long-term plan. Like, make it, make it when he turns 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let him really develop the ground stuff. Because if you just, like... If you try to do like what they what they do with Stamp, but you throw him against professional men that are more developed in their MMA 
experience. Like the, the men's divisions are more developed than the women's division. I think that's fair. Doesn't mean it will always be that way, but that's certainly the case now. So they can have Stamp go in there and armbar Ritu. Guess what Rotang's going to do if he gets with any of these guys in the top, no, in the top five, top ten in the bantamweight division in one? Yeah, he's not going to be armbarring people off his back. I'll tell you that right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of still want to see him do it just to see what's up, but I think he might be a more valuable asset if they just keep him in kickboxing and Muay Thai. Plus, I mean, I think he's one of the top draws as he is. Yeah. So why switch it? Yeah. Why change it? I mean, he can still – if he's on a card, if he's headlining a card, the card sells out on the stadium. I mean, he's like, so fun. He's so much fun, man. He had probably definitely one of the biggest pops, but Ong La and Song probably had the biggest pop of anybody in the whole stadium. When Ong La came out, man, the whole place was going crazy. They love Ong La, man. Yeah. He's really, really popular. He came out with Anthony Rumble Johnson's picture and everything like that because they were teammates there with uh, Henry Hooft. Um, all right, so that's enough with Road Tang. He's a beast. I don't care who he f- fights next. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to be drooling waiting for it to happen. Uh, Bibiano Fernandez. Father Time does not care. He does not give a shit about anything. Bibiano at 41, I think he's 41, looked good physically, looked really good, was still pretty quick on the feet, but Stefan Lohman, this guy is going to be a problem. He was able to take Bibiano down. He was able to stand with him on the feet, really quick reflexes. He, he might be the new uh, young blood coming out of Team Lakai. Can you click on him uh, for me, Jake? Let's see how old uh, Stefan Lohman is. I never know if it's Steven or Stefan. Langdowns is pronounced or is spelled exactly the same way, and he, he goes by Steven. So I don't know what the hell this is pronounced. Doesn't have the age? No. Oh, come on, one. I'll find it. You got to get the age on these guys. Because uh, some of these Filipinos look like they could be about 40 or yeah. they could be about 22. <laughs> <laughs> so t- t- turns out he's 50. <laughs> yeah. He looks young, though. I think he's, he's, he's one of the younger guys. Because Team Lakai has a lot of good guys, but you start to see those, those old champions are all starting to fall off. Kevin Bellingham fell off. Edward Folleon fell off. Um, so, you know, these Team Lakai guys who about three or four years ago, Team Lakai was one of the best gyms in the world. Uh, they had a lot of great champions. Uh, they still have uh, Pascio. He's still doing good work. So this second, this younger generation of uh, 27. Nice. Yeah. So between Pascio and him, you got some of these young bloods coming up from Team Lakai, which is uh, good to see because this guy, you know, Bibby was just the champion. And Loman did work against him. So he's one to definitely keep your eye out for if you haven't been watching him. Jacked. Just jacked Stefan Loman, man. Um, all right. Cosmo Asandri, his retirement fight. He's the guy who broke Sage Northcutt's face, if you, if you don't remember, in that ill-advised. Sage, Sage Northcutt does not remember, I tell you that much. Yeah. Um, so he fought uh, Juan Cervantes a little slow early on, but to finish, man, he, like, had a – they were both in a clinch. He just pummeled his hand inside and went with an up elbow. Boom! Dropped him straight down. That was a nasty up elbow. Cosmo Alessandri, when he strikes, it's scary. You watch him knee, you watch him kick, you watch him punch. It's, like, kind of scary to watch. Yeah, he's got some power. Yeah, he's got some power. power. Uh, so he, he's a legend, and uh, good to see him go out and win. Hopefully he doesn't come back and fight again and then end up as the, so many of these legends do. Yeah, Kevin Bellingham. Like I was talking about earlier, a Team Lakai guy, older guy, lost to Kim Jae-Wung, who was able to get back uh, with a win here. Nice top prod, uh, prospect out of Korea. He looked good, really fast hands, was able to get a, a, the knockout in round one. And uh, all right, let's touch on this end card. J- Jonathan Haggerty, it was good to see him get in there and get a win. My man needed it. 
he had a rough first round, uh, but was able to, to climb back and, and win the last two rounds there. So it was good to see him get a win. One of the most exciting fighters on the roster. Um, he's a good, the question with him is, how does he, can he get a belt? Like when he's fighting those Thai guys, he, he always seems to come up short. Well, he always comes up short. Well, he did great against Sam A. Granted, Sam A was, was older, but that's, that's what a living legend, Sam A. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just ran into the Rotang problem, right? That yeah. yeah, everyone's going to run into. You know, if Rotang's not there, Haggerty's probably your champ. Yeah. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with him next. Uh, I mean, first of all, he keeps missing weight. He pulled out the last fight because of some health issue. I think they said it was hydration, kidney. Some, I heard in the, in the back when we were talking to some of the officials of the last fight that he pulled. I think that's like three in a row for him where he had some issues. Either didn't pass hydration, had to pull out. This one, missed weight. I heard he made the weight, but he missed the hydration test. Um, if that's not true, I'm sorry. That's what I heard at the old water cooler when I was at the uh, judges meeting on Friday. So either way, good to see him get a win. And all right, dude, that's Any enough. Off. That covers most of that card. Let's get to the second one. This one yesterday, the evening one, was low-key a banger. This, this fight card was really, really good. Um, yeah, up, it's the top one. Yeah, Akimoto and Petanong. So, starting with the main event, Hiroki Akimoto is a beast. Is a beast. He's a he's a kickboxing prodigy. He really is. I thought for sure he was going to win this fight. Petanong is an old legend. Petanong has I think four hundred fights. Yeah. Okay. He's a multiple time stadium champion, but I believe he's thirty seven years old, which for a tie is like a dinosaur. Seriously, he has yeah, four. Been fighting since he was seven. Yeah, so Petanong Pet Fergus has over 400 fights. Um, and he looked incredible. He looked absolutely amazing. He completely shut down Hiroki Akimoto. Uh, I don't, don't pay any attention to that split decision. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know who scored what for Akimoto in that fight, but that was a mistake. Because uh, Petanong should have won that hands down. I don't, you maybe could have given Akimoto a round. Maybe one round. Maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, so Petanong's 37. So can you shout that out? Read that for me there, Jake. Is that cool? Uh, yeah, so uh, Thai kickboxer out of Bangkok, signed for one. He's now the world champion. Uh, let's see how many fights he had. Fight record. Oh my God, yeah. So he's had. I can't do math. 300, what's that? 358 358, wins. 358 wins, 56 losses, and one draw. So 400 plus fights. <laughs> and then comes back and wins the one championship at 37. Well, bad. yeah, I mean, he got knocked the fuck out by Capitan, who was the champion before Akimoto. Akimoto beat him to win the title. Capitan knocked him out cold. Was it? Yeah, it was fucking six seconds. Six seconds. You guys can go find that on uh, Instagram. And... And so for, and then uh, Akimoto goes in, he beats Capitan, and man, he had a classic, first of all, he's, he's, uh, he's Kyokushin trained, but he's also kickboxing trained, and he's got that Kyokushin kickboxing style. He has these great kickboxing uh, counters to kicks where he'll block them on the forearms and just immediately throw back in multiple combinations. He has really, really great counters off of kicks, but he couldn't do shit against Petanong. That is some of the best open stance. By open stance, I mean southpaw against orthodox. So okay, so they have they both have the lead leg close to each other, mm -hmm. right? So Petanong's a southpaw. 
Akimoto's an orthodox fighter, and Petanong in the open stance was just incredible. His knees, his head kicks, his leg kicks, his cross, all with that rear left leg in the left hand was just incredible. His angles were amazing. He shut down everything Akimoto had done. It was one of the best, like, I did not see it coming performances on this whole card. And to me, it was pretty much a shutout. Akimoto couldn't do shit. Um, you know, and considering the experience and the mileage, I mean, imagine the damage you would have Yeah. with 400 fights. He's lost more fights than most great fighters have had. Yeah, he's not, he's not but he's also won five times as many as that, right? I mean, 50 losses and 358 wins? Ooh, I mean, that is some mileage. And he looked amazing. He was never, like, out of his element at all. He looked totally comfortable. Sabai, sabai. He had that relaxed style. But, man, just the, if you look at Akimoto's ribs, maybe you could go to a picture, Jake, and we can show the, the people who are listening. If you just put in Petanong and uh, Akimoto, Petanong versus Akimoto, or click on the pictures, yeah, you'll, you'll get some... You'll get some images of those ribs because Petanong was eating him up with body kicks from that southpaw stance with knees. He was throwing him to the head. A couple of them almost got to the head too, changing the levels beautifully. I mean, just an excellent, excellent classic Thai-style southpaw orthodox uh, fight. Yeah, and then if you just go to images, you might see some images of, uh, of these ribs. Really see it on that one. Um, okay, I don't. I don't know if we can find it or not. But it's on YouTube. Watch it. Yeah, I mean, it was nasty. So, oh yeah, there's a couple of them slamming in right there. There's my boy Muhammad Suleiman in the back. Yeah. So if you put that on the main screen, I mean, this was just the story of the whole fight. Was Petanong just slamming that left kick in, slamming that left knee in? I mean, I've never seen it. Look, his body looked like raw meat. It was like dark, dark purple, and he fought the whole time. He never like took a knee. He never showed it at all. Some of those fucking things hurt, and Akimoto did not show anything. And by the end of the fight, Petanong's just spamming it. Yeah, he's just a bit like Christian Lee did, where he would just whack it over and over and over and over. And I mean, uh, can you go down? Is it, maybe you find an image of it if you scroll down. Oh, oh, yeah. That's the one. Oh, Jesus. yeah. That is what I'm talking about. Look at that, dude. It literally looks like somebody hit him with like a fucking meat cleaver. Yeah. It's like it he, literally looks like raw meat is hanging off of his body. It's like someone's taking a barbed wire baseball back to him. That's insane. Oh, and it's like left side of his body, left side of his head. That's all those southpaw weapons coming down. The ties are masters at the southpaw open stance style. This is why so many... Ties fight southpaw, even if they're right-handed, because they love that. You see, there's the knee, the knee coming up from the exact same angle, and he would use the knee to the head to open up the knee to the body and also the kick to the head, right? So he was changing. His lower body striking was so good. Akimoto just couldn't get going. He could not get inside that kick. Uh, go down a little further. Let's see if we got any more juicy images from this fight. Oh, yeah, click oh. that. Can you click that? Oh, Let's just see what this... Uh, I, I only watched the highlights, so I didn't see the state that he was in. But oh my god, that's. Uh, Can you click that that video and let's see what it shows? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's just showing a, a video. <laughs> you look at, you look at <laughs> and Pet the other side. Petanong has nothing on it. I mean, that 
that that is why I cannot believe that they somebody thought Akimoto won that fight. Yeah, the scoring criteria that we've been over on this podcast. Damage? What like no knockout, damage is the next highest criteria. Is that right? Yeah, well this is Muay Thai. Muay Thai is different. Uh, okay. The Muay Thai uses a ten point must system. Uh. So it's a little bit more like traditional boxing. Um, but so, somebody gave Akimoto that fight. I, I don't know how on earth uh, they could have done that because there was not a way in hell that uh, Akimoto won that fight. Look at Petanol. Oh, look so at 400 the, fights, he looks like a beautiful man. To go back to our point from earlier, look at the size of the belts. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> stuck, yeah. stuck two of those on Christian Lee after he was exhausted. He, was, he had to have them taken away. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. This was kind of a feel-good story for me. Because yeah. Akimoto was just like the young prodigal. His record's like, he's had like two losses in his entire career. Right, going up against an aging legend who got knocked the fuck out recently. And, uh, you know, Petsanong went out and just put it on him. Beautiful fight. If you're a fan of the classic Muay Thai style and the classic southpaw kicking game, open stance kicking game, go watch that fight because that, that's a fucking textbook right there. That was beautiful. And then uh, going down, Roman Cricklia, heavyweight kickboxing. He's the light heavyweight champion, and he competed in the heavyweight Grand Prix and looked absolutely amazing. Iraj Aziz Poor hurt him bad in the first round. Yeah. Bad. And Cricklia just barely even acknowledged it, came out, and then finished him in the second round. It was a beautiful fight. Both guys really, really entertaining to watch. Probably not the last time you're going to see him fight. They both beat each other before. Um, but I think it was in, like, they said on the broadcast, I think it was in tournaments. They hadn't yeah. actually fought. It was, like, at the end of a kickboxing uh, tournament. So this was the first time they both had time to prepare for each other kickboxing final both guys are really really awesome really technical big iraj aziz poor is hilarious because he's the most smiling iranian i've ever seen in my entire life he's constantly grin to grin big smiles those crazy spinning kicks wheel kicks spinning back kicks he's got a really really fun style and uh roman cricklia is the top kickboxer in the world outside of glory there's probably no question about that at least a heavier guy and uh Looked absolutely amazing. Now that he's the kickboxing champion at heavyweight, be interesting to see if they would bring over some of the glory guys. Let's see him and the Reem, him and Badr Hari. There's a lot of good fights for him. Yeah, he could get could, some that they could do if they could get some of those bigger guys yeah. that are in glory across. Serious rub off a bigger name. Mm -hmm. um, either way, damn entertaining fight. Going down, Sagid Izagakmayev. See, once I see it, I can pronounce it because I practiced. Uh, Izagakmayev with an easy win there. This is the Islam Makachev uh, teammate. He's undefeated, 29 years old, I believe. Looks nasty. And that is going to be the face of a man waiting for Christian Lee yeah. on the horizon. And I don't think he will give a fuck. This, I don't think either one of them will give a fuck. So like, oh, th this fight is going to be one of the best fight, best challenges for Christian Lee. Yeah. This will be one of the best ones. So if you're looking to see Christian Lee challenge, first of all, Everybody thought Christian Lee was going to lose almost every fight he had. Now he's becoming this destroyer, right? But there were so many fights that people thought he was going to lose. People thought Christian was going to lose when he fought Daggy. People thought Christian Lee was going to lose when he fought Timothy. Yep. Like everybody that he fights originally when he first got his strap, people thought he was going to lose. And he keeps finding a way to win, keeps finding a way to win. Goes up 15 pounds to fight a middleweight. Same thing. Gets hurt. Bad. Comes back. But he's got Sagid coming. Can you click, uh, or maybe Tapology has record. Tapology would probably be the move while we just chat about him. Because if you don't know who this guy is, 
you need to pay attention. He is going to be a problem. And if you're looking for a reason to get hyped about Christian Lee, what more hype can give you than Team Khabib versus Christian fucking Lee? I mean, this could be a huge, huge fight for one. And not only, not only with the local Asian base, but also because you're getting those Team Khabib fans to watch one. Yeah. Right? You're getting all those guys in Dagestan, that whole team. Okay. They come out to support everybody, right? The whole team was there. Uh, I knew it was Islam Makachev immediately when I was at the, at the fighter hotel for the thing when I saw his fucking unibrow. I was like, I saw him, and he was behind Sagid, and I just saw this, like, little – he's a short guy, actually. Yeah. He's, he's like my height, right? I'm not short, but, you know, he's, he's a normal height guy. And so I saw him, and I just saw him by his little uh, mono brow sticking out over the back of Sigi's head. And then as I'm coming out of the elevator, he's going in the elevator and all, that whole team. And the first thing that I thought was like, fuck, is that, is that Islam? Is that Islam? And I wanted to ask him to, to get a fight but, or to get a picture. But <laughs> get a fight. No, I do yeah, not. Don't do that. I do not want to <laughs> ask him for a fight. No, I want to ask him for a picture. But I, they both look, they all look so scary that I couldn't do it. I, it, I was literally like, they look like they want to hurt me. I'm not going to ask them. Yeah. But that was just their faces. They didn't, they weren't rude or anything. Yeah. They just look that terrifying. Very, yeah. Very, very Eastern European. Fuck like, yeah, man. Serious people. Serious and, uh, people. Another funny story about <laughs> when I saw Rotang there, because uh, I'm playing the new Pokemon game, Pokemon Violet or whatever, right? Yeah. That was the first day it came out, right? So I went from the gym. I picked it up in the morning, played for a couple hours went to work and then I uh, had to leave work early to go to the, the one uh, officials meetings. And so I went to the officials meeting and I'm just waiting in the lobby at the fighter hotel playing Pokemon while I'm sitting there. I came, I arrived like 15 minutes earlier or whatever. So I'm just sitting there playing. Rotang walks right by me. And as he walks by me, I'm literally like, Oh, I was literally like in the thought I'm going to grab him and get a picture with him. And then I realized that I was playing Pokemon <laughs> like a fucking child and that I can't physically ask this badass. To get a photo of me not, while I'm sitting here playing a children's game. <laughs> it's not the best look in the world. Like. No. Dude, it's even funnier. I went to the video game store to pick it up, right? Yeah. And, it's, and I'm a total fucking nerd because I'm picking it up on day one, right? Yep. Like a nerd. So I go to the video game store here at Simlim and I go and I ask the guy. That was my first mistake was asking him if they had a copy of it. I could see that they have a copy of it, but I asked him. I was like, hey, man, do you guys have a, a copy of the new Pokemon game? And he's like, uh, oh, yeah, for your boy? And I was like, no. <laughs> that's that's just for me. See, I'm just a giant man child. So yeah. I'm sorry, man, to disappoint you, but no, that's that's for me. I, I bald guy, tattoos, gray hair in his beard. <laughs> I have children, so I have an excuse to buy it and play it. But yeah, you have a built-in excuse. Yeah, he's ruined it though because I can't get him now because I need to get them something for Christmas, so mm. I can't play it till December 25th. Uh, no, no, no. You buy it, you play it now. Saying I brought it, but it was open for some reason. Yeah, for some reason, it's not in its packaging. Yeah, I mean, I have a special case you can use. They'll they'll never tell. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, God, fuck, well, how did we get to that? All right, we found you, you uh, Sagid. You, you my scared of Sagid. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask for a picture, but I was just so afraid they would hurt me. Okay, uh, so um, so his record is what, 22 and 2? Is that is that what I saw? Uh, Can you, let's go up and check his main record there. I think it was up at the top, Jake. Sorry, I can't see it. Pardon me. Yeah, okay, so his record is 22 and 2. Okay, so he has lost. He's, he's young. He's 29 years old. Let's go and see what who he lost to. One loss there. Can we just uh, scroll left or scroll right? Or, or something? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm oh, sorry. Forgetting the That's okay. 
Oh no, no, didn't say for some reason. Oh, uh, go down. His record must his actual yeah yeah. There ah, there we go. go. All right, so he just beat Aoki Nakashima. Carlson Harris. Oh, he's in the he's in the UFC now. I think. I think Carlson Harris is in the UFC now. Can you click on him? We're going down a rabbit hole here. So he lost to Carlson Harris by Darsh Choke. Okay, so that's a that's an interesting little wrinkle in this Christian Lee fight because Christian Lee has a oh, yeah, good ass Darsh and Anaconda Choke. Uh, is he in the UFC? Yeah, yeah, he's in the UFC now. Oh, he that's right, that's right. He lost, he just fought Shavkat Rachmanov. Okay, okay, so he lost to a UFC guy with a pretty good record. Um, and then if we go down further on Saeed's record, we can maybe find his other loss. Oh, Magomed, Magomedov, another guy who's in the, the UFC. That was his second fight only that he lost in the Cup of Dagestan. Okay. All right, so basically he got caught. Wait. Oh, no, no, that was something else. Go up for me, Jake. I think you were in the Sambo or something. Well, Keep yeah. going. Let's see his first loss. Elias Silviero lost the decision. Okay, so he's not unbeatable. I just um, got for UFC as well. Yeah, yeah. It? So it'll be quite interesting. No, I don't think he made it to the UFC. So it'll be quite interesting to see him and Christian Lee. That's a damn good fight. He looks like a beast. And Christian Lee's got really good front chokes, really good Darces. He loves the Anaconda choke. I've always been partial to the Darce myself, but some of those people with those long, gangly arms can have really good Anaconda chokes. So, uh, I mean, he, he smashed Aoki. Um, Aoki's still doing the damn thing. He's about 40 years old, too. Probably on the final leg of his career probably, here. Probably rethinking his career choice right now after that one because he did get smashed. Yeah. Yeah, but he's always down to fight. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, the biggest pop of the night goes to Ang Lan Song, who was finally able to squeeze out a win uh, over an old as shit Yushinokami. But nonetheless, no one cares. nonetheless uh, look good. The crowd loves him, man. Yeah. He, he's one of the most popular fighters on the roster. Good to see him get a win. He's sort of in a similar situation where he just can't beat the champ. He's a bit like Haggerty and Rotang. You know, he's got those two losses. He lost both of his belts to Rainier de Ritter. And uh, he can't seem to beat him. They've tried twice in two divisions, uh, so I don't know what they do next with Angla, but he's always going to bring the bring the eyes. People love him, and uh, good to see him get a win. Also, good to see him shout out Anthony Rumble Johnson, who died this week. Unfortunately, they were teammates, so good for that shout. All right. Oh, I want to shout out one more big fight to my boy. Uh, keep going down to my boy uh, Ahmed Mushtaba. Ahmed Mushtaba against Abrao Amarim. Did you see this fight, Jake? I saw the finish. Dude, I didn't see the full thing. Crazy. Ahmed Mushtaba, who I actually cornered in uh, JB at Ultimate Beatdown like six or seven years ago. I was there cornering uh, uh, Guy, one of our old jiu-jitsu coaches who used to work with us at Trifecta. And Ahmed was there and he was fighting. He was fighting another guy, but I, th I think he was there alone. Yeah. And he was warming up in the same area as Guy, my fighter, who was, Guy was fighting, I think, in the main event or the co-main. And Ahmed was in the other. And I just see Ahmed back there shadow boxing, and I'm kind of keeping my eye out. And I, I look, and he just is doing kind of his stuff alone. So I go over to him, and I start talking to him. Like, hey, man, what's going on? you have anyone to train with you or roll with you or hold pass for you or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, nah, I'm here alone or whatever. So, you know, I warmed him up, and we yeah. drilled some positions and stuff, and I, I cornered him in the fight. And then now he's looking fucking good. He just knocked out Rahul, Rahul Raju, in his last fight in, I think, the first round really quick. And now he got this third-degree BJJ black belt in a cry angle. In a fucking cry angle. 
I know half yeah. of the people listening to this podcast are like, what is a cryangle? Does he mean triangle? No, no, look it up. Cryangle. Cry. Cry is f- f- five? <laughs> five? How many? What's that? Is it five? How many points is that? I don't know. So a cryangle is a leg in triangle choke. So if you do a triangle choke to somebody, normally one arm is in and one arm is out, and you know you lock out the triangle over top of the shoulders. But you can also do the same move with one of their legs stuck in too. So if the camera's on me, you're like in the triangle, like your arm is in, and also your leg is stuck inside of it. Jake, can you pull up a picture of a yeah, triangle? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I, I've never seen one in the history of professional MMA. This is one of those moves like a twister or something, right, where – or someone barambolos in MMA. Like when this move comes out, all of a sudden, you've never seen it before. Most people don't even realize what it is. I think if you just go to images, or yeah, you can throw it on there if we can show that. I don't, I don't know. Give me a sec. Yeah, I mean, right. that, that's let, it let right Let me just there. pull it back. Look at that. That is beautiful. I mean, to submit a third-degree Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt with a triangle. Yeah, that is... Is crazy. I'm saying because a lot of people thought that they were bringing in Ahmed to lose this fight. Like that was well, kind of they the, made a serious mistake with that. Then you know, I mean, this this uh, this Brazilian was a I think he was a couple time world champion, third degree black belt. I I do know that Ahmed's got a good triangle because when I was cornering him for that fight, he did mention to me that he I think he actually won that fight by triangle. Yeah. Maybe in a minute we can check his check his topology because it was at ultimate beatdown and whatever his finish was at ultimate beatdown is the one I was there and I'm pretty sure he got that guy with the triangle too. So play it. Yeah, so let's take a look at this this triangle. Here we go. Maybe I'll do a breakdown of this video, or I'll do a, t- a technique video for this. I mean, look, see how he's got the leg inside the triangle. It's not the best and, angle there, but you can uh, see. And he's it right standing at the start. up with the leg. I mean, that is just incredible. Look at his squeeze. Yes. When he tapped, I was like, "Dude, I lost it." I was like, "Oh my god, he knows it too." He knows it too. I'll tell you what, man. Between first submission of the year, you have to throw in Rainier de Ritter's inverted triangle yep. and Ahmed Mushtaba's triangle. Triangle, Because you almost never see those. They were in crazy fights. They were both in like high-stakes fights. And Ahmed Mushtaba, probably the top Pakistani fighter in the world right now. MMA at least. Uh, he just looked amazing. It was good to see him get a win. He's coming off of two big wins right in a row. He's been training with uh, the Team Khabib people as well. I think he was out training in the U.S. at AKA for a while. So he's 9-2. and two. Bring it down. See Pretty, good rank. Pretty good record. And he's got two of those wins. Ah, oh, come on. That's triangle. Tapology. You got, you're doing my boy dirty. It's a triangle. You got you to gotta fix I think he does deserve get the... The, you know, getting that right and putting the proper thing on there because I've never seen one in MMA before. Uh, okay, so... Oh, it's one of the best submissions of the year, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So he, got, he knocked out Rahul in a, in a minute. And then... Uh, oh, yeah, that leak I went. Oh, my boy, though, Keanu Suba. Keanu Suba got him with a guillotine choke. That's right. So. He beat Benedict Ong back in the day, Singaporean. Where's the uh, ultimate beatdown? Oh, maybe it was an armbar. Armbar. Yeah, Sanjivan Padwal. That's, that sounds right. Because, uh, yeah, ultimate beatdown 18 was, I'm almost certain, the fight that I cornered him for. So it's great to see where he's at now. It seems like he's hitting a really nice little stride here. You know, he lost to Keanu. No, uh, no shame in that. Keanu's going to be top five ranked in the division. They might be able to do a rematch now. That might be juicy. Uh, Keanu caught him with a guillotine, and then he lost by a rear choke to Jai Wenma. Don't know who that is. <clears throat> um, so 
Great for you, Ahmed. Good to see you killing it, dude. Uh, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Coming. Represent that Pakistani MMA, my man. Keep training with those Team Khabib people. You're going to be a fucking problem. So I like that. Shout out to you. One of the coolest subs I've seen all year. And, uh, yeah, go up and down for me. Was there anything else worth shouting out? <sighs> Bruno, Bruno Pucci. Bruno Pucci. Uh, Rough man. Good at jiu-jitsu. Not good at MMA. His, his striking is probably just... Probably all right in life. His striking just can't... He can't seem to... He's one of those guys... You see a lot of wrestlers like this that just can't seem to figure out the striking. It's not that he's, like, incompetent there, but he's just not proficient there. And, you know... One of the things about Bruno, which I like Bruno a lot. He used to coach me at yeah. Evolve. When I left Evolve was like shortly after he got there. Um, so he coached me for maybe just a few months, I think. But, you know, so, so I'm a fan of his. But it just really seems like he struggles with the striking. He's got finished and he's almost lost every striking match he's ever had in any fight. You know, Major knocked him out. He's been knocked out a bunch of times. He probably should have got finished there uh, a couple times even. And then just doesn't seem to really – I just can't understand why these guys don't develop vicious wrestling. Yeah. I mean, how come you can't take anybody down? Like, it just seems like Christian Lee takes everybody down. He's taking down yeah. middleweights. Ask, ask your brother-in-law for some advice. I mean, are, he's in the room with them, right? Are yeah. They, is he doing different training? Is he running, like, the BJJ and doing that <laughs> and not, like, getting the wrestling rounds that Christian's getting in? Because that motherfucker sends everybody flying. Every time it's a wrestling session, he's just like, uh, Bruno, so uh, you're the one being taken down again today, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, because, I mean, you just don't – it's one thing. It's, it's like, okay, if he doesn't develop the, the striking. But if you're not taking, like, the Damian Maya path – then you're, what are you going to do? Yeah. If you're not going to outstrike people, you're not really out jujitsuing people because you're, you're on the bottom or you can't take people down. So it just seems like, I don't know. It just seems like he's struggling to really, really make this transition. I mean, cl let's get, click on his record and see what it is. It's got to be pretty rough. I think he's got to be 500 maybe in one or less. Really nice guy by all accounts, but struggles, which is a bummer because I'm always rooting for him. Here you go. We got him. He, no, got, he has right. a good camp, he's, you would think. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Younger, younger Bye. Bruno. So he's 32 now. His record is 7-6, and six, and he's in a three-loss streak. You. Yikes. Yes, salty record. Oh, yeah. Decision, KO punches, nope, decision. Like so. Lost to Emilio, lost to Boku. Now, I mean, I guess the people that he's losing to all are pretty good records. Oh. Major win, Major knocked him out. It was four and one. One of the most brutal knockouts you'll ever see. Yeah. And going up for me. I mean, he lost to... Okay, keep going, keep going. So Emilio was ten and four, lost to him. Nine and one, eight and three, eleven and two. So the guy he's fighting or have really good records. You know, he's not, but just doesn't seem to be able to put it together. Well, he's not gonna I mean, he's too old now, he's not gonna pick up the striking at this age. So he yeah. should possibly think about calling it a day in MMA. Getting and grappling. He's an amazing yeah. BJJ practitioner. One do BJJ, do that. Well, when I see people like him, there's like, like him. There's usually two two thoughts that I have. One, sometimes there's people in the gym who are amazing, 
and you put them in competition and they just do not perform to the levels that you see them perform in the gym. Yeah. And conversely, you have the other types, the people who can like get fucked up all the time in training and for some reason look amazing in fights. I've seen both. Yeah. You definitely have those people. I've met tons of people who underperform in comp and people who overperform in comp without any rhyme or reason to it. But then the other thing that I think about is a, it's a question of tactics. I mean, I, I just don't understand how he's not building his game around his jiu-jitsu. And maybe he is, but I mean, what, does he only have one way to get it to the ground? I mean, he, he tried a couple body locks. He was able to get some, some, uh, uh, some body locks, some double unders. Wasn't able to put him down. He shot from like a mile away when he would shoot. Wasn't really set up with the hand. It's, it's, it's like his entries to any of his takedowns are just not there. I mean, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy and you're making the transition to MMA, you need to be working entries and finishes, entries and finishes, entries and finishes. You need to have tons of ways to set up your takedowns, catching kicks, getting people when they're stepping in and heavy on the lead leg and blasting them in, drawing them into you, and then double-legging them. When you get them to the fence, then you need to have different trip setups from long-range, mid-range, short-range, setups with the, from the striking to the wrestling, Defensive setups, like I said, catching kicks, slipping, rolling under punches, and shooting underneath of them. I could go on and on and on and on and on about the countless ways to set up takedowns that there are in MMA. It seems like he's doing like two <laughs> over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, and, th and that's the thing that's hard because there's no way it's not because he doesn't have the potential. There's no way he doesn't have like the athletic skills or the. Cam. It's not like he doesn't have the skill. Yeah. He just can't put it together. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's usually one of those things or a combination of the two. It can certainly be that. I don't know. I, I always put it down to the training, though, because you train like you fight. You fight like you train. Yeah. And I, I can't see a scenario where it's like, oh, can I, can I have a go on the grappling dummy now? Well, no, it's Christian's turn. All right, well, when Christian's finished with it, well, no, then it's Angela's turn. All right, well, well when Angela's finished with it, no, then it's Victoria's turn. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's just like everybody at that gym is so good at taking people down except him. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that, I'm sure, comes to his, you know, jiu-jitsu training. He, he started off in jiu-jitsu in the gi and then in no gi. And, you know, generally those guys start their rounds on their knees or they start on top position or bottom position. But I keep telling you, kids, if you start your knees on your – or your round on your knees, you are wasting your time. Unless, you know, injuries. Unless you're old. then old, Unless you're over the age of 40, then it's loud. Or the gym is packed or you have no interest in – wrestling and you just want to do that then cool that's fine yeah but if you're doing mma yeah and you're starting your jiu-jitsu rounds on your knees ever you're just wasting your fucking time plain and simple yep so i'm not saying that that's the case but that's most certainly the case for a lot of his training i'm sure because i know how brazilian teach jiu-jitsu and how they do jiu-jitsu and it's most of the time that's what happens and you know even when you are starting on the feet so much of their early training is in the gi Oh, it's God. just a completely different meta. Yeah. But even if you do takedowns, it's yeah. like takedowns with the gear are completely different than, you know, takedowns in no gear, or takedowns in MMA. And this is why I'm saying you don't see him with all of these different setups to get takedowns. There are so many setups, entries, and finishes. So you have to be able to get to a takedown, and then you've got to be able to finish the takedown. Yeah. And you need to be specific training all of that. You need to be specific training a bunch of different entries over and over and over again. And then after you enter, you know, you're, you're on the double. The person sprawled on you. You have to finish from here. Okay, you have the bottom lock, the body lock. Your partner's defending. We got to finish from here. Okay, you got a low single. We got to be able to finish from here. Okay, we got a high single. Like whatever the position, 
and you can just specific train that. That's what Damian Maya did. Yeah. Damian Maya took down almost everybody. Almost everybody. And he trained like that, I'm sure, when he started to, in the gi, the classic Brazilian style, and was able to do it because he switched so much of his attention to wrestling. And you just have to do that. But so many of, of these, these guys think that they can go in there with their slick subs and just do MMA. Don't work. It does not work. It works sometimes. But yeah, rarely. not enough. But then you see the other side of the coin when you have these Dagestanis who, when they get a hold of you, you're fucked, and they have really, really amazing finishing skills. Yeah. Khabib, Islam, those guys are finishing everybody. Yeah. Usman Nurmagomedov, did you see that? What did he hit him with? Uh, I don't know if we can show it on the oh, – man, I saw – I just watched the highlight. I didn't get to watch the Bellator because I watched everything else. But I was watching the highlights, and Usman Nurmagomedov was hitting Patricky with some crazy things uh, during the fight. Um, I did not see this one. Yeah. Anyway, so we can move on from that. So the one was awesome. The one uh, this this week was awesome. Definitely way better than the UFC. Um, also, did not watch the second uh, Derek Lewis was in headline, and I was like, no, I'm not watching that. No. Yeah. What happened? Apparently, he got stomach issue. Stomach issue. Yeah. But then he's cleared to fight again, so they might just reschedule it for next fight card. Yeah. That was a pretty rough card without him, though. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. Um, there's a World Cup starting later, and I can only watch I can only watch a finite amount of sport before people in my house start getting really annoyed at me. Oh yeah, the World Cup yep. starts later. Yeah, yeah, later on today, right? Yeah, uh, this is Sunday mid- midnight. Nice. All right, Jake. We, do we cover? We covered one. Yeah, covered both of got, the ones. Is there a UFC coming up next weekend? There's no. Let's take a look. One. There's definitely. Oh, Thompson Holland. fourth. Oh, that's next two next weeks week. away. Yep. That's next next week. We can break those down next week because there's a Derrida in Manila. Two, yeah, Manila in two weeks' time as well. Yes, we'll break that yes. down before I go for sure. Uh, okay, so next, and, uh, that, that same, not, that's the next day actually, right? So one is on the third, and then the yeah. UFC is on the fourth. For, from Singapore time, one will be Saturday, UFC will be Sunday. And can you go to yeah. that event? It's uh, Wonderboy Thompson versus Kevin Holland, right? Yep. Pretty interesting fight. Oh, nice. Brian Barberina, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos. Another guy I've had the pleasure of training with. He was lovely to train with, unlike Shinya Aoki. <laughs> oh, Ty Tuvias is on that card. Oh, Ty. That's quite Sergey a good Pavlich. That's a good fight. Yeah. That's, a, right. that's a banger. Derek Brunson. Oh, yeah. Oh. Blonde Brunson is back. Jack Hermanson. Good fight. Eric Anders, card. See, today's card would have been like that. I don't yeah. watched it. But yeah, today's card was pretty rough. Although there were some decent finishes. Yeah. Uh, go down to the uh, Muhammad, uh, Muslim Salikov. <laughs> he hit him with some spinning back kicks, some spinning wheel kicks. He finished him off with a wheel kick. Well, it was like a wheel kick, hit him clean, heel right to the eye socket. Yeah. And then you just see him go, ah, and then the Salikov whips a couple hooks and they, they stop the fight. But Muslim Salikov probably has some of the best spinning kicks in MMA right now. And again, coming from Dagestan. These guys. Something something in the water. Well, you see like, you see almost two different schools of the Dagestani fighters, right? You see the Team Khabib style, like yeah. the Islam style, the Khabib style, like if, pr- proficient striking, accurate striking, striking defense, but mostly geared around wrestling, getting to the wrestling, getting yeah. top and submitting. But then you have these other group like Zabit and Muslim Salikov who have this crazy, almost Taekwondo type yeah. style Spin to them. In. Crazy stand-up style. Yeah, but really good hands, too. Yeah. they got really good hands, but they've got these crazy spin attacks. And uh, so you have, like, almost this two different versions of it, both from Dagestan. 
And I, I know that they cross-train, but I also know that they train separate places in yeah. Dagestan, which is quite interesting that you see really effective strikers like Muslim Salikov and Zabit. doesn't mean they don't have good grappling. I'm, I'm not saying that, but it's just a, but a different style coming from the same region. This fucking region is just there producing must, some in crazy not, talent. Yeah, there must not be a lot to do there, let's be honest. <laughs> can you Google the team could be champions or the team could be top contenders so we can get a, a proper look at this list because team could be champions members whatever you might have to type in like champions or something like that i hear gone no no that's instagram because from i mean just from this you have uh you have obviously islam you obviously have could be yeah okay 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 here so this is just the, okay, yes. So can you read this out, Jake? Uh, yeah, so he currently coaches uh, UFC lightweight champion, Islam, uh, Luke's better pronunciation than me, Makachev. Um, Zybura Turkov, <laughs> Turkugov. Yeah, you, you take these ones. And Tagir, then... Ulanbekov, Islam, Mamedov and Bellator, Gadzi, Rab... Oh, fuck. <laughs> if there's a Steve Rabatinov, Smith on there. Sagid that's the guy who just fought. And one, and Cousins, Abu Akbar Nurmagomedov, Umar Nurmagomedov, and Usman Nurmagomedov. Yeah, so Umar is in the UFC. I mean, and I'm, I don't know if we could look up, like, I mean, we can't do it because it involves a lot of addition. But if you look up the records of every one of those people combined, it is going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, the, the wins are going to be a cricket score. Can you type in record? Minimal. Can you type in record after that? Yeah. I think I saw a meme. I think somebody did it. And you can maybe go to even an image and see if there's a, a meme. As I saw a, a team could be meme that had, excuse me, had the records of everybody that was on his team, and it was just something absolutely insane. No, I can't see anything. So we have Usman, we have Umar, you have Islam. Those are all all guys in the top. Uh, the guy who fought at at one just now, Sagid, he's now. Going to be ranked number three, I guess. I think Aoki was ranked three when he beat him. So he's going to be right there. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what they've been able to do. It's just some savages, crazy. man. It seems like everything that they touch just turns to gold. <laughs> like, And then you see, like, really great results, too, with now, like, Ahmed Mushtaba, who I was talking about, Bilal Muhammad, training with those guys. And the thing is, everybody kind of knows how ridiculous their winning percentage is. So Khabib and these guys seem like they're so, their team is so tight. They're so tight knit. You know, that's why Islam was here. That's why Khabib was here the last time that someone fought. It was during COVID. So I don't, I don't remember what happened, but Khabib was in Singapore. They travel together. They fight together. People want to go join their team because they see the vibe. And I mean, just their results are fucking crazy because just between Khabib, Islam, Usman, and Umar. That's like one loss well, in you, 50 you, fights, or 60 fights. But you're looking at a scenario where members of that could tie up the top belts in one, Bellator, and the UFC. Yeah, which is you're right. Insane. That is crazy. You're totally right about that. And not only that, but, they might have more than one belt in each one. Yeah. Because there's, a couple, there's another one. Uh, can you go back to that team? Uh, the page that you were just on with that showed, showed everybody's names. Can try. Back there somewhere. There you go. Okay, right. So, some of these guys are already... Champs. 
top ranked, or, uh, highly ranked in their divisions outside of that. So, Zybura Tukugov, can you maybe click him? I'm sorry, I'm butchering these names. If you're a, if you're a fan of my Team Khabib videos and you're hearing me mispronounce these names, these names, please forgive me because some of them are tough. Once I hear them a few times, I, I get it. But some of these I've only seen and never heard spoken, right? Like I see the name. Because I'm pretty sure his record is outstanding as well. Try topology. Here we go. 20 and 5. Okay, so he's 20 and 5. Right. Yes, that's right. Now I recognize his face. Yes, so this is uh, Zubair Tukugov. Yeah, and he's in the UFC right now. Okay, so the point is, oh, he's supposed to fight Artem Lobov. The GOAT. <laughs> the greatest fight ever. He had a fight canceled against the GOAT. He's had a couple canceled, so I don't know. But. Yeah, and a couple good fights too. I mean, he went to split decision with with uh, Hanata Moikano, who's a top top person in that division. So, listen, this in two or three years from now, we might have even more. Because the thing is, is these guys have been training together for so long. More and more people are going to come. As they get more and more famous, have more and more success, more people are going to come, and that can be good, and that can be bad. Yep. But there's no question they're going to have more champions. There's just no question. I'm really excited for that Christian Lee fight with, Sa with Sagid. That will be a juicy. Again, go Christian. You just need to beat the three best fighters on the planet. And then Khabib That's comes out of retirement. Yeah. And then, yeah, that maybe then their brother slash cousin will come out of retirement, who's possibly the greatest fighter ever. And you're also going to have to beat him. But no pressure. It's fine. And, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if Do Chris, it. It'd be could you amazing. A scenario where, like, Christian Lee does to Team Khabib what, like, Sakuraba did to the Gracies. <laughs> right? <laughs> if he comes down as the Mega Madoff killer, that'd be, a, do that. oh, that'd be yeah. brilliant. Well, I just hope he gets the chance to fight some of those guys. That's the thing with Christian Lee. Like, we're at the point now where he's 24. He's cleaned out his division. Yep. So now they're giving him these crazy fights against giants that he has no business being in there with. And, you know, he can defend his belt a bunch more times. But if they don't bring in some really high-level guy or he doesn't go somewhere else, it would just be a shame to not see what his potential can actually lead to. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's no question we see he's the greatest fighter in the history of one. Yeah. I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah. See the best of all time for one? Yep. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. He's had even the fights that he's lost. Like, he had that one loss. The crazy decision. The one we, to uh, we went to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he just fucked him <laughs> up he was in the like, rematch. Oh, I thought I won the last match. I'm going to fucking make sure I win this one. Yeah. And yeah. Okrayun had just come off of a win over Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Right? I mean, Okrayun is fucking good. And that second fight destroyed but him. That's destroyed Nastyukin. Yeah. Destroyed Daggy. Just beat Abasov like in a fucking war of attrition where he's probably 30 pounds lighter. Like that's a borderline like Japan style freak show fight. Yep. I mean, Christian Lee is like carrying all that body fat because he's just trying to weigh as much as he can because he doesn't want Abasov's fucking 10 stone fist going into his unprotected ribs with no fat on him, right? So he's just trying to be heavier, have a little bit more ability to absorb the impact. Absorbs it onslaught and then just out fucking attrition's this guy, which is crazy. And then so the point is that I'm trying to make is I want to see him against the absolute best in the world. Yeah. Like his, him against Islam. Yeah. Him against fucking Poirier, right? Poirier would be an interesting one. 
It's Christian Lee. We're getting into a little bit too much fantasy here, but yeah, I'm enjoying he's, it. He's, he's good. <laughs> One of the things that did him over in a certain way was they brought Eddie Alvarez across to give him that rub, but Alvarez just hasn't been able to put together a fight streak to justify beating Christian Lee. Which was the worst oh, thing. fighting Christian Lee. Which sorry. was the worst thing. They should have... Like, why did they do... Why did they do Ocreyun and Eddie Alvarez? I mean, maybe they thought Eddie was going to win. Yeah. But they should have just done that before he left anyway. Just done the, Just do the fight anyway. Just give yeah. the name. Yeah, the name give, him, give him a rub. Give him the rub. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, that, that's what he needs. Because you see now, like, what happened with Road Tang, right? After the DJ fight, yep. he got the rub. Yeah. And DJ also got the rub, too, a yeah. little bit. Because especially, like, in the more Asian areas, the th- amongst the ties and things like that. So yeah, because that's what Christian Lee is missing. He's missing the the rub. He needs. He's the, not. He's beaten a lot of good people, but he's not. Yeah. He's not beating a big name. Is the problem, and he just yes. needs to beat a big name, and then it'll skyrocket. They need to do another trade. Yeah. Who who do we who do we want and who do we want to get rid of off the wall roster? Who's fight? Oh, Aoki. They UFC uh, sign Aoki. He, he probably needs the money by all accounts, and uh, you know. <laughs> He's got name. He'll give you name value in Japan. Who do we want in return? We. Ooh, who would it be? Who do one want in Chandler return? would be good. Mike Chandler would be interesting. I'd take that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Anyone in the top five or top ten. Like, I would just like to see him. Yeah, I just don't know how you would unless... We will trade you one Shinya... Oh, sorry, not we. One will trade you one Shinya Aoki for what? One Donald Cerrone and one Tony Ferguson. That seems Ooh, fair. Ooh, that would be good. I'd, wa- I'd love to watch Christian Lee versus Tony Ferguson. Fuck, that would be good. Even now. Even yeah. now. No. See, that's what I'm saying. I want the name value. I want that juice. Yeah. I want, like, yep. a person who's a well-known top, top talent, which Christian Lee is now that guy. And there's nobody that's going to that's gonna be able to sort of take that from him because if you think about it, Christian Lee, first of all, he's really young. Even if he were to have several more losses, he's so young that his prime is still ahead of him. Yeah. Unless he has a bunch more fights like this one. Yeah. Where he's fighting these fucking middleweights, which this fight probably did more damage to him than every other fight he's had, maybe combined. Yeah, he didn't want to be having two more like that one. I mean, his body language and energy level at the end of that fight, you could tell he was he was in a rough spot. It reminded me a bit of Sean O'Malley after the Piotr Jan fight. Yeah. You could just see by the end of it, he was just like, fuck, like... He did, the high didn't come up <laughs> yeah. from after the win compared to like the drain that he was just went through, right? So that was great, but that's hundred percent not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't know if I like Christian Lee fighting a bunch more times at middleweight. No, one hundred eighty-five is just too big for him in his frame. He could be potentially if Alex Pereira fights at middleweight, the same weight class Christian Lee just fought at. Alex Pereira walks around at two hundred thirty pounds. Okay. These are the type of people that can cut down. Now, granted, the hydration stuff with one is supposed to help. But then again, Abasov just is like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to... I'm not doing it. I'm just not, not going to make weight. But then they still have to put the fight on. Yep. So Christian still has to fight this guy who's heavier than he would be anyway. And, you know, he should not be fighting people that are cutting down from 200 plus pounds. No. So I don't know if there's a lot of longevity. It's a crazy story. He's double it's champ. Brilliant. But I, I don't know if that's the move going forward. You know, I don't know if that's what he would want to do long term because just for his health. Yeah. You can't be having those middleweights. He's not got, he's punch. He's like not that. got the frame for it. Yeah. Like you look at him and he's, he's just, got the skill for it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, but not, not the frame. No. Um, so that was just, man, I was blown away by the, the whole, uh, the whole card. 
This whole card was just really, really good. Um, a lot of good stories, a lot of interesting fights. Kickboxing, MMA, Muay Thai, can't go wrong. Rotang, Haggerty, Lasiri, Christian Lee, fucking Roman Cricklia, kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, everything. We got the Rio Tolo coming up, Cade coming up soon in uh, Philippines. And we'll break that fight card down next week as well. I will be there for the fights, uh, judging, so we won't be able to do a podcast, but we'll do a preview. And then uh, hopefully I can talk to Rainier while I'm there. And yeah, we'll talk about it after. Because this is also a good card. Rainier de Ritter, Anatoly Malikin. That is, he is a big boy too. Anatoly Malikin is a big boy. Um, he wanted, He's actually fighting a heavyweight and he just came down to the light heavyweight. Yeah. Um, we have Chingy Zalazov against Superbond. That is going to be a banger, everybody. That fight is going to be badass. That is a great co-main event. Then we have Cade Rulotolo and Mateus Gabriel. Janet Todd's back uh, in female Muay Thai. And going down, who else? We got? Anyone else? Edward Foleyong's back else? on the card fighting again. God damn. These old guys just do not want to let it go. Oh, Lowen Tynaeus is on the card too. He's, uh, I think he's Matt Polina's favorite fighter. Ooh, Amber Kitchen, Jackie Buntan. That's This is a pretty a good, good card. Yeah. Good yeah, really good kickboxing, really good Muay Thai, and throwing in some solid MMA fights there. Um, all right, Jake, do we cover everything, my man? Any other juicy shit this week that we missed out on? I think so. Quite, well, a quiet week apart from the, like, eight hours of fights this Yesterday. weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just literally sat here the entire day. It was just fights for three hours, Pokemon for four hours, <laughs> fights for three hours, wake up, first thing in the morning, fights, and I didn't even get to the Bellator, which I wanted to watch. And I'm just like, I can't. I can't. No it's more. too much. No more. Um, okay, everybody. Thank you all for uh, listening to the podcast. Thank you all for watching it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And uh, we'll try to get a good technique video out for you next week. Maybe I'll... Criangle. Yeah. Maybe we'll put out a Criangle video. I don't think there's many of those out there, so <laughs> it might be I, don't, worth it. I don't think it's really a high percentage submission, but we'll put it out anyway. Well, I sent Ahmed a message and asked him if he, uh, if he, asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast. But I don't know if he remembers me or not. So I could just be some <laughs> did rando. You, did you just his... get a text back saying, who? Yeah, yeah. I could just be some rando that slid into his DMs as far as he knows, and he has no idea who the fuck I am. I was like, hey, man, that was a crazy finish. I don't know if you remember me, but I cornered you in, in uh, Malaysia a few years ago. Uh, to, to steal Matt Polino's joke, who, who's this Frenchman? Get off. <laughs> so anyway, maybe I'll get him to do it. We'll see if we can, we can uh, chat with him. But he's like, uh, you know, he's Pakistan famous. So he's got like 30,000, 40,000 followers on Instagram. So I'm just a, a little white boy in his in his feed. Doesn't know what's going on. You once cornered him out the goodness of your heart. So maybe <laughs> you can swing it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. All right, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You guys have a good and wonderful day.